Do you spend more time thinking about how to lower prices or to raise them? My guest today, Janine Liston, known as the Pricing Lady, joins us from Switzerland to talk about that fascinating question, plus perceived value, freemium pricing, and much more. Janine's mantra is that when you know what to do with your prices, you can make better business decisions. Welcome to our show. Welcome to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast. Off My Duff is all about getting off your backside and finally, making your impact by living your truth. If you are an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you're in the right place. We chat with guests from seven figures to just starting out because that's how we roll. Off My Duff is the nudge you need to expand your business and slay resistance. So without further ado, I invite you to get off your duff and let's get started. Now, here's your host, Duff Gardner. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome today to Off My Duff, the entrepreneur podcast, where we're all about getting off your backside and making that impact that you want to make in the world. I'm very happy today to have a new friend of mine speaking to us all the way from um, one of the cooler countries in Europe, Switzerland, Janine Liston. Hey, Janine, how's it going? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited to have you because we touched base on a, a kind of like a five-day challenge recently, and you made a presentation as the pricing lady, because that's your branding. And I was fascinated because I come from the startup world and I just find that the topic of pricing is for coaches, transformation leaders, anyone who's a service-based entrepreneur trying to put their business online, you're, you're connecting with people, not necessarily all the time in a face-to-face -face fashion. Mm -hmm. So this topic of pricing is just such a huge, for a lot of people, it's this big furball. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me more about what you do, because I think it's super interesting for most of my audience here. Yeah. So I, I typically work with small business owners okay. and my goal is, so one of the reasons that I decided to do this, uh, start my own business was because I, I believe that everybody has a right to financial freedom. Mm -hmm. And small business owners struggle with that for sure. I mean, yeah. most of them don't make it over the finish line and don't get to that point where they are profitable sustainably. And I found myself in a niche where I was able to be able, where I was in a unique position to be able to help people with that, small business owners. And what we do is we work on making sure that they build the right pricing strategies based on their business and who they're targeting and how they help those people solve whatever solutions they're solving or whatever desires they want to have met, right? Help them build the right strategy so that they can be sustainably profitable because they're charging for the value that they actually deliver. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, we were talking offline and being in the startup world, you know, you spend a ton of time on this topic that called value proposition. Yeah. So that's like your relation, your prices relationship to your business model, your relationship to how you're intending to start the business, roll out the business to your profitability, even to your own kind of mindset, self-worth, you know, it, it, it crosses everything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, like I just, it's, it's such an incredibly important topic. 
uh, one of my, uh, I want to say beefs perhaps, but one of the things that I notice a lot of folks do is mm-hmm. they benchmark against things that they see yeah. pricing wise. So tell me more about like your thoughts on that. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a very uh, casual way of uh, when I speak to people about pricing, because I, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, people's fear of it makes them want to run away from that. And I want to pull them in. Good. So I always joke with people that, you know, if you're a service pr- service provider and you don't know how to do pricing, what you do is you go, Ooh, I do this really cool thing. You go and see, Oh, this person over here does the same thing. I'll price 10% below them. <laughs> but there's two problems with that because one, you don't know if they have a successful business or not. Two, you don't know if their prices are right. And three, you don't know who they're targeting and what the value of their offer is. So how do you know if it's even something to compare against? Yeah. More importantly, it leaves out the most important thing, which is your customer. That's And to me, pricing starts or is rooted in a deep understanding of the customer. And whether you're a service or a product-based business, that's where you should start. Yeah. And, and what's interesting about you is that you are, um, I mean, you started out as an engineer way back mm-hmm. when. Um, so for me, the interesting thing about pricing is that, you know, a lot of us come at it from a marketing point of view, mm-hmm. but there's also a product design point of view that you, mm-hmm. you, when you're coming at pricing, you know, and I think that you were telling me offline, some of your earlier experiences around pricing and how you got into it from being an engineer. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about your journey? Cause I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, sure. I can do that. So uh, for most of you, you can probably hear that my accent is not Swiss. <laughs> I grew up stateside. I grew up in California and I started my career as an architectural or structural engineer designing buildings. I have an abnormal fascination with bridges, structures, and earthquakes. <laughs> you get along great with my grandfather there you go (laughs) in fact i just digress for a few moments here when i first got to switzerland i did a a road trip with a bunch of friends and i was driving down the middle of this valley uh, and all of a sudden i saw a bridge that i studied in university and i started screaming my bridge my bridge and pulled the car off to the side of the road and grabbed the camera and my friends were just completely shocked (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and every time for the rest of the road trip, we saw a bridge, they would all start screaming, my bridge, my bridge. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> they still do that to this day, actually. <laughs> so anyhow, that's how I, I started my career. I, I realized it wasn't social enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed very much what I did. I enjoyed seeing the finished product and I enjoyed the problem solving and whatever, but it wasn't the right fit for me. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I got a job with a company that does high voltage test and measurement equipment. Sounds super boring until I tell you that we made lightning, which is kind of cool. (laughs) And I started out there in product management. And when I, when I got into that product management role there, there were some things that just didn't sit right with me. The price lists were 20 years old. Uh, It was taking us a week or more to get offers out the door. And there were complex offers, but it was all modular. And so I, you know, I just saw this great opportunity to, you know, get things in ship shape and, and improve our ability to get offers out the door. So then we could spend more time, you know, 
not getting the offers out, but actually getting them in, <laughs> getting the sales in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I can, I can relate to that again, going back to kind of a product designer point of view. Um, mm-hmm. Just like there's, there's an art and a science to pricing that, um, you know, I actually teach something called uh, the one simple wish formula. It's, it's essentially kind of getting people to the point where they, uh, they understand sort of the psychology and the, the, the motivations and the situation floating around in the head of their ideal client at three in the morning mm-hmm. <laughs> to put it kind of, but I'm curious, like, you were talking before about the different elements that you dive into when you work with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how does that relate to some of your earlier experiences and looking at that price list that seemed to be, you know, taking so long to get pricing structures out the door? Yeah. <clears throat> so I think one thing, sorry, I'm trying to figure out where to start. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Where to, um, where to begin. So I think one thing that, um, I'd like to lead with here is you've mentioned several times about, you know, sort of where, what's the timing of pricing and how sure. it's influenced or influences everything in a business. And I had a boss years ago who told me, Janine, pricing is not the center of the universe. <laughs> and although I'd, I'd argue that a little bit, <laughs> it does touch everything in the business and it is influenced by everything in the business. So when I speak to people, it's often I'm talking about when you understand profitability in your business, when you know what to do with your prices, you can make better business decisions because your prices are determined by who you're offering it to, what you're offering it, how you're offering it, what you're saying about it, you know, all of these things influence that very much. And even on the the backside, how you're producing it, how you're getting it out to people, all those things influence your price. And so if you wait too long to get into the topic of pricing, you're not doing yourself any favors. And I've seen it time and time again in big and small companies that they get to the end of the road, they're ready to go to market, they throw a price on it and put it out there and realize it doesn't fit. Either it doesn't fit their internal margin requirements or it doesn't fit the price that the customer is willing to pay. The problem is it simply doesn't fit. And then you have a problem. And as a startup, in order to be able to give your pitch In order to be able to talk about your finances, you have to understand your revenue streams and your revenue streams come from your prices. (laughs) So again, you've got to start with pricing early on. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, Most of the time I like our company, our training company is called offers that sell. So we, we focus on Mm -hmm. offers with folks. So this Mm -hmm. is a really key component, you know, and I I think that like my experience is that, um, you know, we get really fixated on some kind of a, a deliverable that we want to create, you know, based on whatever, like either what our passion is or what we've seen out there. Uh, you know, I want to create an online course for blah, blah, blah. And so, you, you know, you get focused on the deliverable and you forget about this thing that we're talking about and you start to roll the numbers and it doesn't make any sense. So it's just such an important topic, what you're speaking yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you talked earlier about pricing frameworks. To me, that's mm-hmm. a fascinating topic. Can we talk more about that? I love pricing frameworks. <laughs> you really are an engineer. <laughs> well, okay. I love anything that's a problem that needs to be solved. Right. <laughs> so another one of my abnormal fascinations, puzzles, <laughs> problems, challenges. Love so yeah. So what a pricing framework is, because not everybody will have either the same 
vocabulary or know what we're talking about. So most companies will have some sort of price list and then they'll have some sort of discount structure or rebate structure or combination thereof to go with it so that they can sell the same products to different groups. Okay. Now, not all businesses need this, but for example, last year I had a client who was, who produces blankets and pillows for dogs. And she had exactly this challenge. She's like, okay, I need your help setting my prices. We got into it and she's like, okay, my price list is done. I'm all ready. And I said, no, you're not. You've already told me you want to sell not just online, but to big pet shops, to boutique pet shops, to, you know, all these different groups. And you need to have a structure behind that because each one of those groups is going to pay less than your list price. So if you just run your figures based on your list price times your total volumes, you're going to come up with a much nicer number (laughs) than if you do this understanding that, you know, each of these different groups is actually paying a different amount and that's going to affect the figures in your business. And she was, you know, oh, wow, amazing. (laughs) Mind blown. Yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of, you know, if people aren't from the business world or haven't been exposed to that before, that may not register with them. I ran into the same thing with someone last week. um, And that's very important. So the framework is important on two counts. One, it tells you what different types of customers are going to pay for the same thing. Two is going to tell you how much money you can potentially really make. And I say potentially because of course, there's always other things behind there that is uh, pulling at your, you know, pulling that profitability down or creating what we call price erosion. Yeah. Uh, talk to me more about price erosion because some people might know that, not know that term. Yeah. So price erosion is basically your prices falling downwards over time. So most businesses, you know, well-established businesses are either trying to push their prices up or simply keep them from falling, right? <laughs> right? Um, they're not generally trying to compete by constantly lower their prices. There are a few uh, exceptions to that, you know, so any company that's going after a purely economy strategy, of course, they're kind of fighting to get to be the lowest the lowest price, but your small businesses generally can't survive an economy strategy as their main pricing strategy. So for the rest of us, I'll include myself in there and everybody sure. out there, we're trying to keep our prices either the same or get them higher. And let me make one very important point here. In general, if your prices are not keeping up with inflation, you are decreasing them every year. You're right. giving your clients or your customers a discount year on year. And that will eventually catch up with you. Right. That's really important. I I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. I did a really interesting, in a webinar recently, I did a really interesting exercise. I think you'll get a kick out of this one. So I asked the the people, I, I gave them two pieces of work to do. I said, you have one minute to brainstorm all the ways that you can think of to lower your prices. Now go. And they started, you know, making their notes and whatever. And then the second part, I said, now I want you to brainstorm all the ways you can think of to raise your prices. And they went, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) you can't see me everyone, but you know, they were just, I could see all of their heads looking at the screen, they weren't writing. They're just kind of scratching their heads going, uh, a minute for this. I don't know what to do. (laughs) 
And it just goes to show you that what people are focusing on, they spend more time and energy trying to find ways to lower their prices when they should be trying to find ways to at the very least hold their prices, but in general be increasing them. And there are a lot of ways to do that. You just have to know what they are. <laughs> That's cool. Do you want to give us, that sounds like a segue into like asking you, like maybe give us a clue because that sounds yeah. really interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, there's the traditional, just a price increase. Sure. And I think it was uh, Warren Buffett who said, I love this. I'm, I'm paraphrasing the quote here, sure. but he said, if you um, have to have a prayer session before increasing your prices by 10%, um, you don't have a business. <laughs> and I, I think for <laughs> a lot of businesses, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you have flexibility, probably five to 10% to play with your prices before you'll upset or rock the boat too much. So that's the obvious choice. Uh, I think more creative choices are bringing in new offers at different mm-hmm. price points, yep. targeting higher value customer groups. Yeah. Or even if right now you only have one offer and you're trying to hit everyone with one offer, then try and break that offer into different value, different levels of value. So I, I tend to, to tell people to think of it as um, do it yourself, do it with me or do it for me is one way that you could break the offer down into different levels of value. Sure. Yeah, that's course, good today advice. We say basic premium and super premium. Okay. Super premium is probably not the best example, but <laughs> thinking off the cuff Sounds here. Super premium sounds very super. Um, <laughs> I, I like this conversation a lot because I've noticed in, in the, you know, like, of course, we're, we're recording this right in the middle of kind of the COVID uh, mm-hmm. sort of in the start of the recovery, I think, and the vaccine being available, yeah. et cetera. So um, what's interesting this year, what I've noticed is that, um, it's, I call it the return of the tripwire. It kind of fallen out of favor, you know, with service-based providers who have an online business. It's like providing a sub 100 or in most cases, sub $50 kind of front end product for people to invest in $7 mm-hmm. product, something like that mm-hmm. as a way to get people in. And, you know, like I, I look at things like that and, and, and I, my brain goes to, it kind of depends, you know, if you've got a sizable business at, at scale that works, if you're kind of earlier stage, that's a tough way to start out because it positions you in a really weird way, I think. But some people don't think about the relationship of the price to the business models and to the stage of business they're at. Mm. Yeah. So I'm just curious what you think about that. Cause I'm sure you get clients who are kind of rolling these ideas in their head as they come to you. I would say nine out of 10 people who come to me at the beginning of their businesses come to me and say, okay, uh, for the first year or so, I'm going to offer this at, you know, 50% or really low prices. And it always makes me want to (laughs) cry. And it's not, especially with service-based businesses, because a lot of people feel that because they haven't been doing it for years, they automatically should always charge less. And I'm not totally convinced that that's entirely the truth, certainly not to the level that people are doing it. And so what I always 
try to help people because you know when, when I work with someone I want to help set them up so that they can do this themselves moving moving forward they understand the principles of it and they can run through the logic and through the thought processes on their own right so it's kind of uh, teach them to fish rather than give them a fish methodology and so what I tell people is like your job is always to hold the value and everything that you're doing with your pricing is reflecting on how you perceive the value. So if you're a coach and come the end of November, you're running with Black Friday specials, to me personally, that tells me that something's off in your business. Yeah, because it doesn't match. I mean, Black Friday comes from retail industry and from trying to get people in the door and turn over inventory. And, you know, we don't have that in service-based businesses. So we've learned it as consumers and then taken it and tried to apply it in a non-consumer industry and yeah. so it's a, it's a little bit mismatched. So if you're a young business and you're trying to figure out where to put your pricing now and you feel like you need to get your foot in the door, then state your price where it normally is and then make a special offer, time limited to a special few people who can be partners with you and make sure that you get something in return for that. So you always make sure you state the full value of the price. You make sure there's an exchange of value between you and another person or other business. And you make sure that it is, um, I forgot what the third point was, <laughs> that it's, uh, that it's clear to them right. that this is, a, you know, a one-time offer, let's right. say. Yeah. 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 I agree with you. Like mm -hmm. I just invested in something, um, a, a fellow that actually is super accomplished in the industry and he's doing a new thing. Mm -hmm. And so he, he, what's called alpha tested it. So he did it for himself first. Alpha test. Yeah. And then he's now he's going out for a beta, which he's mm -hmm. called it. So he's like a test. So, so that is discounted as mm -hmm. a consumer of that. So I've invested in that. I feel mm -hmm. incredibly fortunate to have just sort of discovered he was doing that because the value for that's going to be huge. It's like mm -hmm. high touch, lower investment, um, probably a higher level of return for me. Mm -hmm. And I think some people in my experience get confused between like pricing forever pricing and mm -hmm like just putting it out there and, you know, uh, communicating that it is this kind of a thing. Yes. Maybe speak to that. Do you get clients who talk to you about these kinds of things, launching new ideas, launching new products or programs? Yes, of course. And, yeah. you know, there's a, a lot of people focus, overly focus on freemium strategies as kind right. of the way to always get your foot in the door. Mm -hmm. um, and, it does work in some cases. It doesn't work in all. But I think I think you're right. It's it comes down to how you implement it, right? Because anything, it's not just the number. Actually, the number in many cases is the least important thing when it comes to your pricing. It's actually your actions around it. 
It's how you communicate the value. It's how you react when people challenge you. It's how often you're throwing, you know, discounts and this and that at them. All of that has an influence on how people perceive the value of, of, of what you're offering. So if you say, okay, I'm doing this for a fixed period of time. It's open to the first 25 people who take advantage of it. And then the rest of you are just going to have to live with it at the full price. That's different than if you say, okay, well, we'll extend it for three more months and we'll extend it for three more months. It gives a different perception and it, it impacts people's perception of the value because it impacts how they think you perceive your value. Wow, that was a convoluted sentence there. <laughs> no, but it's true. Perceived value is such an important thing, um, you know, and it's it's worth investing time in. Like I remember way back when um, this is before I got into this kind of work, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm a digital native. I've been doing digital work since the mid '90s, and mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to do this, and I, I dipped my toe in the water back when T. Harv Eker was the millionaire mind guy. I went to one of his big uh, conferences. And one of the things he did is he, he brought out this exercise. I think there was like 1,200 people in the room. And so we're doing this exercise. And um, I'm going to say there was at least 100 kind of questions w- which were designed to kind of gauge your own relationship to money. Mm-hmm. And it was just fascinating because like, I hadn't really thought about it all parsed out that way, all these different questions and just to see people's responses and how everybody was so widely different because, you know, they do group shares in these things and everybody's mm-hmm. standing up going, this is my thing. And man, it's so different. So I, I imagine when you work with clients, that's a big thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I do something similar. Uh, I learned it from a lady named Michelle Masters, okay. uh, who's the, the money magic lady. Uh And basically what we do is I I ask them to complete a bunch of phrases. Money is, price is, I'll be happy when, I'll be successful if, da-da-da-da-da. And I do about 30. I don't do 100. (laughs) (laughs) But what's really interesting, I remember the first time I did it, uh, I had to really laugh uh, because it said, uh, what did it say? Oh, my mother could never. And the answer was find her car keys. (laughs) (laughs) Which was true. If she if she hears this podcast, she she she'll yeah she'll agree as well. <laughs> but no, in in all in all honesty, it's interesting to reflect when you don't think about how you finish the sentences, but you just finish them. So much arises, and I think that most people, when they're starting their businesses, have issues in relation to money, success, and worthiness that actually get in the way of their pricing, and Mm -hmm. even more in their business, right? Not just pricing per se. So I can give you a a really great example. When I first started my business, I was doing this uh, piece of work with a, a group of clients. And we were having the feedback round and when the guys kind of raised his hand very shyly and, you know, and I said, okay, so what would you like to share? He goes, well, I wrote down pricing is something I avoid. <laughs> and he goes, I can't believe that I actually wrote that on the page. He goes, it's true. And I totally admit it and I own it, but I can't believe I actually wrote that on the page. Now, can you imagine that if pricing is something you avoid in your business, it's going to be pretty hard to make sales consistently and have a successful business. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
I think, I think like where most people feel it, it's, it's mm -hmm. like what it's, a, if it's a webinar or mm -hmm. if it's an enrollment conversation, mm -hmm. when you transition into the sales conversation, mm -hmm. I know some amazing coaches. And as soon as they get to that point, it's like, da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, it's, it's this, it's like I said, it's like this furball to get pushed through. So mm -hmm. it's, you're right. It's sort of our relationship to our own worthiness and what have you is so important. Mm -hmm. And as I mean, I can, I can, when I first started my own business, it felt the same way. Sure. And from time to time, I remember the first time I had to make an offer <laughs> in yeah. my own business for a consulting project. And it was, you know, 150 to 250,000 francs, which is about the same in us dollars. And I mean, I felt ill at times. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was difficult. And the thing is, when you get, as you get more comfortable with it, Mother Nature always has a way of kind of throwing in and, you know, upping the ante so, sure. so that you, you know, slowly push yourself outside the comfort zone. I think what's important for us to, to remember is if we ignore it and just pretend like it's not happening, it will probably never go away. I think my very first consulting gig was 150. And I remember that feeling, 150,000. I remember that feeling of like, oh, okay then. <laughs> it changes your mindset all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you see, you see, it's a different, it's a different version of what's possible. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, you, you talk about some interesting things on like with your clients and then your teaching, because you do a Facebook live fairly regularly. How regularly are you on? Like what kind of, what kind of content are you putting out there, Janine? Right. So I do that on a weekly basis, uh, okay. Thursday afternoon, well, Thursday afternoon, uh, central European time. Okay. And I do a few different things. So some of the content is a solo cast where it's more instructional. Sure. And then I like to have guests on the show because of course, I, you know, there's a lot of other wisdom out there sure. and I like to hear other people's stories about pricing. I like to address their questions as well. Sometimes I'll do live coaching, but right. usually I bring in either people willing to share their own pricing journey or experts who are doing things, you know, related to pricing. And as we said, it hits everywhere. So it's generally not hard to find. <laughs> No, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, now, I always ask my guests this question, the, the resistance, this is something mm -hmm. I hear all the time. So what is your relationship to resistance or your client's relationship to resistance? Or how do you counsel people around the topic of resistance? Mm -hmm. So I think my own, first, my own relationship with it, uh, there's plenty of it. I'm not a stranger to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's funny when I've noticed over the years that when it comes to making really big decisions that I get into this mode where, you know, the, the sleepy child who refuses to admit they're sleepy, I'm not tired, I'm not tired, <laughs> right? Well, I notice that sort of behavior in myself when I'm really resisting something, um, you know, that I just kind of go into this like internal battle mode, even if it's not something worth it, it there's something about it that this triggers that response in me. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's human nature. I think there's a time and a place for it. I mean, it is a survival instinct, right. To some extent, the challenge is that, um, you know, a lot of the things that are kicking that survival instinct into high gear these days uh, are not really life-threatening. <laughs> and our job is to be able to decipher when 
it's worth being in that survival mode and when me when not yeah that makes so, and sense that's, you know what i talked to my clients about i had a, a client recently who really needs needed to do customer interviews. I mean, really, really needed. It always amazes me how many people get two, three years down the road into developing their software. For example, I've run across this in software so much and apps. They get two to three years down the road and building these platforms and they've still never spoken to somebody from their target customer group. It blows my mind. And, you know, and he's like, yeah, but you know, what if I make them angry? then they'll never buy anything from me, you know? And I, I just, he couldn't, you know, he struggled to even go onto the platform and try and connect with someone before even then trying to pitch them to get an interview with them, right. you know? And it was just that, it was so hard for him. Um, and for me, it was really great. At some point, it took him a while, but at some point he just, he's like, I just went through and I sent 40 all at once before I could think about it. Smart. <laughs> Just get them done and over with, and then he can breathe and move on to the next step. Now, you know, maybe that's not always the best way to do it. Um, but my, my point is that I, when I work with people, I'm very upfront with them and, and very lovingly. <laughs> I, I call people out when I think that that's when, when it's going to help them, right? Uh, and yeah, sometimes I can push pretty hard. Uh, but if I need to, then, you know, we come back from that as well. Um, cause my job is to help them to, to find a way through that. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Uh, one of the key things you were talking about offline was just relationship to value, but I'm curious, like if I ask you, what's the biggest insight on your journey from this person who started in New York and ended up in Switzerland and loves bridges, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right. Uh, and as an engineer, and then, you know, taking the plunge 20 years ago to get into pricing and to teach mm -hmm. people about this really top, important topic. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you say your biggest insight is that you'd like to convey to others? Hmm. That's a really good question. <clears throat> I think I would have to say that through it all, when it's a journey, yeah, and I could have never in a million years imagined <laughs> where it was never, it never occurred to me that I would be in another part of the world or learning another language or be the pricing lady, right? I mean, it's not, if you asked me when I was four, it definitely wasn't my answer. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful journey and it can't be done alone. Yeah, there are a lot of people who played a role in me being able to get where I am. I'm very grateful. So thank you to all of them. <laughs> all of those who have been there, are there and will come in the future. Um, and it reminds me of a, a poem. I have to, I always laugh when I say this because I'm not a big poetry reader, but this poem has stuck with me for very years. It's a poem by a, a lady named Lois Cheney. And it's called Bits and Pieces, Bits and Pieces. It's about how you're made up of all the bits and pieces of the people who you've come across, whether it's a long period of time or short in a good way, in a bad way, da, 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 um, that you're made up of all of that. And I think to me, that really sums up, you know, the journey that I've been on life, if, 
I guess is what you're asking, you know, that, um, that I didn't get here by myself. Um, I won't get through the next 50 years or so by myself either. And um, that I need to, you know, be there for others and appreciate what others have given me along that path. Wow. That was a beautiful answer. Yeah. Thanks Janine. You're um, I've enjoyed speaking to you so much. This is a topic that is kind of near and dear to my heart, which is weird, but it is, is important. Uh, you know, like I think that a lot of people who start into business and especially given where we live today, uh, it's like a core thing you got to figure out. Um, like personally for me, it's like standing in your value and finding kind of you're like living in your truth. Like those are two important things to me to, to stand out in today's world. And I, I'm so honored that you came on to our show today to talk about uh, your journey as the pricing lady. Uh, now, if people want to reach you, they can go to the Exactly. Okay. And you, there's a bunch of things you can do on that page. So the pricing lady.com Janine, yeah. uh, I I've really loved our conversation today. Thank you so much. Me too, Duff. It was a pleasure to be on the show with you. And uh, thanks also to all your listeners. Thank you, Janine. And so that was Janine Liston, uh, the pricing lady. And again, you can go to her site, thepricinglady.com. She's got some amazing insights that she'll share with you on how to, uh, your relationship to this idea of pricing and how you can use that and leverage that into your business. Thank you so much, Janine, for being on the show today. And to all my guests, once again, thank you for coming and listening to Off My Duff, the Entrepreneur Podcast. I honor every one of you for coming here. And as you go out into the world to make your impact, remember this thing, to teach what you love, live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner. See you next time. Bye now. Hey, everyone. I'm Duff Gardner, and you've been listening to my show, Off My Duff, the Entrepreneur Podcast, where we're all about getting off your backside and making your impact by living your truth. If you're like me and you're an entrepreneur with a heart to help others, you need an offer that sells. An offer that sells helps you get traction with your business, more sales, more clients, more gigs, more fans, and more deals, period. And here's what I believe. Your offer is the purest expression of your truth. So that's why I've created a free ebook, Offers That Sell, the eight-step revenue breakthrough system. Simply go to offersthatsell.com forward slash book to grab your free copy and you can even follow it up with a chat with me should you wish. It's been wonderful to have you here with us today. And as you get off your backside to make your impact on the world, remember one thing, teach what you love, live from your truth. I'm Duff Gardner. See you next time. Bye now.